gun Ramos looking like he's got one more good run Sips a little shaky But his heart is still true Oh how that dog loves hunting with me and you Sporting dog adventures run Hey, this is Jeff Fuller of Soggy Acres Retrievers and Sporting Dog Adventures TV. We have had a great run showing our love for dogs with our show, our podcast, our social media, and all that is based on Soggy Acres Retrievers. We proudly bring this podcast to you by Soggy Acres Retrievers and ask you if you are looking for training, boarding, or a yellow, black, or chocolate Labrador Retriever puppies, please check out SoggyAcres.com. Remember, everyone deserves a Soggy Dog. Hey, welcome to the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. I am your hapless host, Jeff Fuller of Soggy Acres Retrievers. And I apologize for missing last week. My son and I were on vacation. We went up to our, what is our hunting property, our getaway property. We launched a 12-foot glorious pontoon boat that was actually for our pond. We called it the Potamus. The Potamus has been launched. We probably look like real rednecks, but it's cool because we have something to actually float around fish on and it's going to be our duck barge. So it was a busy week that brought us to the point where we're at now, which is having to do two episodes this week. So I will have two episodes out this week to make up for last week. And this week's episode is going to be talking about trusting the training program you're working with. Uh, with your dog. Then we are going to talk about dew claws and puppies and adult dogs in the next segment, which was a, a request from one of our fans. And then in our hunting segment, I wanted to talk about color matching the cover that you're putting over your blinds because I wanted to just talk about what we're going to do this upcoming weekend. So let's jump right in and get to trusting the program that you're working with with your dogs. If you are training a dog, as I always say ad nauseum, it is about training and control. You're training the dog that they hunt for you, you're forming a partnership with the dog, and you are working with them so that they are under control. And it is such that if a dog is not bred to hunt, and just because it's a hunting breed does not mean it's bred to hunt, but if a dog does not have those drives needed, you can't force them to hunt. I have sent home several dogs where they just don't care and it's always the same thing they're from a person that sold them as both parents hunt or or that or it was just a puppy that they picked up and they wanted to have that dream of having a hunting dog and they didn't put in the time to make sure they got that quality pedigree good reputation from the kennel etc so they would get something to work with but once you have that dog you need to find a training program and I will tell you that most training programs are probably fairly similar. Uh, about 90% of the things that people do in training are the same as, as, as all other programs. The secret is people get frustrated because as they're going through these programs, they'll run into different things that are issues and it's not covered in the training program. And the other thing is when you're going through things like your conditioned retrieve, your e-collar conditioning, your force fetch, uh, as, as conditioned retrieve is sometimes called your obedience work and then making and then putting them all together 
you get the, to the point where you think, I'm doing something wrong. I will let you know, full truth, that trainers go through this too. Every group of dogs I get in, I usually take eh, between about six to eight dogs. I always feel like I'm behind. I always feel like, my goodness, my clients are going to kill me because I don't know what I'm doing and these dogs just aren't responding. So when you're feeling that in your training program, just trust your program and keep driving on and keep pushing and keep working with the dog. You may have to put more pressure on. You may have to put less pressure on. You may have to take breaks and give them a fun day, but trust your program and trust the training program and in the steps they're taking. Now, I will tell you this last group of dogs uh, I've got in for this year, I have never doubted myself more than with this group. They were just giving me my lunch every day. And it was such a struggle where I'm thinking, was it something I did? We had kind of a tumultuous start to this group where I had stuff going on personally. Was that the issue? Was it the time of year? Did I get distracted? And just like all groups, we're at the two-month point. I get the dogs out, and I'm really happy with where they're at today. If you would have talked to me three weeks ago, I would have told you that I was doomed and I was never going to get them to this point. But again, having worked with enough dogs, realizing that even though I'm worried that I'm not getting it done and the dogs aren't performing, I trust the program, keep pushing on, and I have them at the point where they're at at two months. Now, you'll ask, where am I at at two months? When I am at two months with dogs, they are to the point where they are picking up off the ground. If I just drop it on the ground, on command, no fail, they are going out, they're doing short retrieves, they're coming in, they're spinning, and they're sitting at heel, which is what you want them to do. I don't take them out and do a lot of field work with them in the first two months, primarily because of the fact that I want to make sure these dogs are under control before I take them to the field. I feel it's working against yourself if you are taking a dog out and running them when they're out of control and then the next day or next morning or that afternoon working with them on obedience. It's almost like you're letting them get away with stuff and then you're punishing them for what you let them get away with. So I basically put all of the groundwork in initially and then that last month, because we have a three-month program, is fun for me because that turns into where you're just getting the dog's experience. You're teaching them concepts. Right now, today, we are working on water retrieves, coming out, sitting at heel, making sure we have that proofed. I always proof stuff to make sure that the dogs are ready to go to the next step. Tomorrow, we're going to work out of a dog blind. We're going to work out of or in heavier cover. Uh, it's funny because I tell people when they come on my property, I have two areas that are my dry land training areas, and we don't have a lot of land here at Soggy Acres Retrievers. So you'll know where my dogs are at in training because I don't mow those areas once we get to where the dogs are further along. And that is your more moderate to heavy cover retrieves on land, getting them set in there, putting out birds. We teach upland, we teach waterfowl. I'm a huge proponent of teaching both because you never know what a client might want to get into. But also, there's always an application where a pheasant falls in water or a duck falls on land. So it, it's something to have a well-rounded dog. You need to work on both. But it's getting them through this stuff now for the last month. And my joke to my clients is always that this is the time that 
is most fun for me and when the dogs are really fun and I'm really enjoying working with them because there's not as much pressure, the dogs are performing, you're having a good time, you have good days, that's when they go home. About the time they get to the point where they're really fun to work with, I'm sending them home and they're off to their clients, uh, they're off to their families and they're getting ready to uh, they're getting ready to hunt. So pardon me, I've got uh, my computers going off on stuff here. I'm uh, giving you the full listen of, I guess, what I use for my notifications on my phone. I turn that off. But again, you want to make sure that you're sticking with your program. Um, the other day I got a call from someone. They're like, hey, I've got the dog with a trainer. It's been there a month. The dog is uh, not through force fetch. I don't feel the dog's for, for far enough along. Should I take the dog back and give it a break? If you have picked out a trainer that you trust, again, stick with that trainer. Stick with the program and make sure that they are are uh, following through and helping you understand where the dog's at conceptually. I try to explain what's going through the dog's mind nearest from what I can tell and explain why we do certain things so that clients understand. If you understand how a dog is trained, how a dog works, and why a dog works, you're going to be a better companion and teammate with that dog because when the dog struggles, you're going to understand that you need to do X, Y, and Z as opposed to throwing up your hands and allowing whatever behavior happened because you just don't know what to do. So trust the program. If you haven't had your dogs out yet, get them out, get some exercise, get some exercise for yourself. My six months that I'm doing my dog training is the time that I'm losing weight and getting myself in shape because I'm so busy. But if I wasn't, I would be taking the dogs for probably three to five mile walks, getting them in shape, getting myself in shape so that we can both enjoy hunting more. Once your dogs hit that six to seven year old range, yes, they're in their prime, but they're also in their middle age. You want to make sure that they are properly conditioned so you don't take them out and have something that happens where they're injured. Keep the weight off your dogs. Make sure they're in optimal condition as we get toward that time that we all so love. Our season starts uh, September 1st, so that is teal season. And then our duck season, I believe, starts October 4th, 3rd or 4th, whatever that Saturday is. I am more than fired up. I can't wait to get done working with these dogs because they're doing so great. Can't wait to get them back with their owners. And I also can't wait to hit the field and bring you podcasts about how our hunts went during the season. So stay tuned. Coming up next, we're going to talk about dew claws and should you take them off on pups and and or older dogs. And I'll give you my opinion on it. And this was a request from Dennis. Dennis wanted to know, so we're going to we're, we're going to talk about that. We're going to have that and then our hunting segment about color matching your cover for the time of season for your your blinds coming up after this. Jeff Fuller again from Soggy Acres Retrievers and Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. When you look at hunting, you need to have yourself prepared. Our good friends at Mac Outdoors have reloading supplies as well as great clay target machines to get you prepared so you have more success in the field. Don't get that dirty look from your dog. Check out Mac Outdoors. Jeff Fuller from Sporting Dog Adventures and Soggy Acres Retrievers. In our house, my wife hates having the plastic kennels and wire crates. We need them for the dogs because we have times when they need to be put somewhere. But she cannot stand the look. So we talked to DCT Kennels 
and we now have a new partnership with them for a product that is a crate but also a piece of furniture. If you want something that is practical as well as great looking, check out DCT Kennels. Welcome back to the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. I do appreciate you guys stopping in to listen to us. I really enjoy doing the podcast. It is something that, I don't know, it's just it's just fun for us to still be able to connect with our fans from the TV show. TV show is still out there. We're on numerous platforms. We're on Carbon TV. We're on Rumble. We're on YouTube. I know we're on some other platforms too because I keep t- having people tell us, hey, we watched your show in Wisconsin, the state of Wisconsin. We're on a majority of the state uh, with our older seasons. But it is fun to still reconnect. If you enjoy our podcast, do me one huge favor. Give us that five-star rating. Share it with your friends. Spread the love of dogs to other people so we can recruit more people to get involved in the sport. And if you have the ability, if you could even give us a dollar a month, there is a way if you go in through Anchor Support where you can sign up. Once we get to 25 people that are signed up as giving members, we're going to start doing giveaways, which would be soggy gear, hats, sweatshirts, shirts. So please support us. If you can't afford to, at least share us with your friends. Give us that five-star rating. So now we are going to talk about puppies and adult dogs and Dewclaws. Uh, this was a fan that is one of our supporters uh, financially that sent me a question. And he had said that he listened to a different podcast and they were talking about Dewclaws and dogs. So I breed Labrador Retrievers and I will say full disclosure that we do remove dew claws from puppies. Now, it wouldn't dissuade me from buying a dog that still had dew claws, but I think there is a small benefit because a dog can become injured with that extra dew, with that dew claw, which is a it's in essence a toe that is up their up their leg about halfway on their shin. And it is something that if they're in heavy cover, it can get tore off, it can get injured. And at that point, if it is, then you're dealing with something that is a full surgery. What is a dew claw and how is it taken off? Again, it is basically through evolution, a toe that has worked its way up the dog's leg. When they are puppies before three days old, it is just a lump of skin. There is no bone, no cartilage in it. So you take them to the vet, the vet just clips it off, they glue it together. The puppies at that point are blind and deaf. They are never going to remember that you removed it. So that is basically why we do it, as well as the fact that it's it's kind of a, it's pretty much a breed standard with hunting dogs that you're going to remove it. With that said, if I had a dog that had dew claws that was an adult dog, or if I had a puppy that at, at times part of it will grow back, I wouldn't worry about removing it. At that point. Yes, there is a higher propensity of risk that you could have an injury to it, but I would wait because the, the, the height of that uh, danger is not enough where I would look at it and go, yeah, I have to get that dew claw off. So that would be, I guess, it's, it's kind of a six to one half dozen to another kind of an answer. As puppies, I do remove them, and I'm a proponent to remove them when they're puppies. But if you have a dog that they weren't removed, I wouldn't rush to the vet and set up a surgery because at that point, you've got a piece of bone in there, and it's a full surgery. I wouldn't I wouldn't put my dog through a full surgery, and I would take that small risk that it could be injured. So I hope that answers your question, Dennis. 
Uh, if you have a question, you can always email us here at the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast, sportingdogtv at gmail.com. Let us know what you'd like to hear. Again, it is fun to connect with people. It's fun to talk about, I guess, topics, hot topics, interesting topics in the dog world. And we only get some of our best content or best questions from our fans. So please send us a question over. So next, we are going to go into our hunting segment, and that is going to talk about color matching cover, and we're actually going up to work on our blinds this weekend on my properties. We're going to talk about color matching cover on our blinds in our hunting segment coming up after this. Hey, this is Jeff Fuller from Sporting Dog Adventures Podcast. I want you to know that we buy all of our trucks at Boucher Automotive. We go to Janesville. They've got a great selection, great staff. If you're looking for a new truck or car, check out our friends at Boucher Automotive in Janesville. Our great fans of the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast, we are growing at an astronomical rate, and I want to thank you all. I do ask one thing from you. Please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Please give us a thumbs up, follow us, subscribe to us on whatever other platforms you're on. And the most important thing I can ask, share our podcast with your friends so that we can grow our love for the dogs and dogs in the field and make it so that people are more involved in our sport. Again, thank you so much for being listeners. Take care. Welcome back to the last segment of the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. And this is always our hunting segment. So we are in full prep mode for hunting season and my sons and I are going to go up we're going to work on our blinds and our property we are going to put out it's 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 from camo systems it's called speed read I don't think they make it anymore but it was a neat product that was like cattails and everything we hunt is cattail marsh so we are going to paint the cattails because when I did a drone flyover they looked like the blinds looked like Twinkies out in the marsh now these are sun faded, so they're going to look even worse. So it really stands out where the blinds are. It's great cover. It looks realistic, but realized my feeling was I did not paint what I needed to paint to make it so that it would work. So we are going to go up. I'm looking at our blinds. I believe on the roofs, I'm going to go with a matte finish. I'm going to go with like a tannish brownish and then put in some highlights of green so that we cover... I guess our early season a little bit and then of course our late season which is what I'm really worried about because at that point we get migrating ducks coming in I don't want them to to look and be able to see like holy crap that's a blind the on the sides and the fronts though looking at my blinds and the cover around them I'm gonna go with almost an all tannish brownish look that will correspond or go with what the dying cattails look like. We've had low water, so our marsh has a lot of new growth, which we're going to protect because we actually killed off quite a few of the cattails just by working on blinds. So the order is do not go anywhere and walk anywhere near the front of the blinds or keep the Argo away from the front of the blinds. So these cattails are going to be up high enough that you wouldn't have to put anything on the blinds if you're only hunting when the cattails were alive. So I'm looking at it and going, all right, when the cattails die and they shrink down, we're going to go with something that is going to color match with 
what is in front of them. So we're going to go with, I guess, a 50-50 or probably a 70-30 probably a tan to green on top. And then we're going to go with a full tannish, brownish, dead cattail look on the sides, the front, and the back. I think that's what's going to work best on our blinds in our area, but you want to make sure you're going out and looking. I know a lot of people are proponents of putting natural cover and re-covering blinds every year. I totally agree with that. I think that's the way to go would be to cut cattails right before season and put them up and they're going to brown with the season. My problem is the reality is we have 12 blinds and not enough time to do it. So I'm looking at it going, how do we kind of split the baby here and give us something that will work and be effective, not only early, but especially later in season when we get those migrating birds down that have been hunted and they're going to be a heck of a lot more wary than our marsh birds that are there early that have lived there and that have been around the blinds all season. So that's kind of what our plan is. If you have something that is a cool idea, please email us, sportingdogtv at gmail.com. Love to talk about it. I would love to have more content. Please send us anything that interests you that you'd like us to talk about right to our email address. I want to thank everyone for listening today. It's always a blessing to have everyone here. Our podcast is the fastest growing dog-related podcast I know about. We really enjoy making it, and we want to just say thank you. Everyone have a great rest of your week, and God bless. Sporting Dog Adventures Run